This episode could be triggering for sensitive listeners and contains mature content. It may not be suitable to all listeners. Should you need any emotional assistance, please see the show notes for telephone numbers that you can call. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not reflect the official policy or position of the podcast. Any content provided by contributors such as the host, guests, bloggers, sponsors, or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Before we start, I need to say an enormous thank you to my fellow local podcasters, Nicole, Jan, NJ, Kate, Lebochang, Shane, and Quentin. Thank you for all of your help, guidance, and the laughs. This is Decoding Cults, and I'm your host, Paul Z. You are listening to KSB, Interview with Erica Borman, Part 2. This week, we continue our conversation with Erica Borman. She is really fabulous, and I absolutely loved speaking with her again. If you haven't listened to the first part yet, I suggest you pause here and go back one episode. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and we would just like to say thank you and welcome to Erica for joining us again this week. I'm so grateful Hi. that you're giving us this time. Last week, we were speaking about the differences in the general, uh, I wanted to say population, but it's, that's a terrible yeah. word. That sounds like prison. But the. Well, hello. <laughs> okay. Little on the nose there. Um, but. The general followers versus the guys at the top. So I know um, in one of my conversations with Quiz Khiev, he spoke about the hierarchical pyramid, which is very much how they want to keep it. So you've got the very few people at the pointy top that are very well off. And then you've got the masses at the bottom, but everyone at the bottom is kind of fighting to get to the top and fighting to impress everyone and I guess just get a better life because um, Mm -hmm. as in that one article that that lawyer wrote about the higher up he got in the choirs, Mm. the better his living conditions became and the better his um, food even became. So. I know that you and your your mother lived in a rondavel, which, mm. um, as I explained in the previous episode for our overseas listeners, is kind of like a, a round hut structure with mm. a, a thatched roof. And um, in in the case of KSB, you've got a, like a little bathroom, but it's basically like one circular room. Yeah. Which yeah. and and from my, what I've read, that's kind of in the grand scheme of things, not a bad place to live compared to no, other it's places. It's actually one of the nice places. I see 
on photographs, more recent photographs, it looks like some people have added like a story to an, an extra story to their, so it's now a double story rondable, you know. Um, oh. So I guess there has been some expansions, but yeah, that was still one of the better places because you have your own bathroom. If you're in a dormitory, then you share a, you share bathrooms with like lots of other people. Um, but I can't really speak about the living conditions at the moment, you know, currently, because I haven't been there for so yeah. long. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I, we're here to speak about your experience. I mean, <laughs> what's changed and hasn't changed in the meantime, and if things have changed for the better for people, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But that obviously wasn't your experience. And your book paints the picture quite vividly of of some of your experiences there and um one of the things that also made me want to speak to you is because a lot of the the people keep saying yeah but that's the past and this is the past and this doesn't happen anymore and that if it doesn't happen anymore like I said great but that doesn't take away from what did happen and the fact yeah. that you did live through it and your your stories need to be told they need to be heard Absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, is um, there's actually, they have not stated that they, they, they don't acknowledge that they have done anything wrong, except maybe a few vicious beatings. That's kind of the extent of what they acknowledge they've done wrong. They will not acknowledge that they harbored sexual predators in their midst, that they protected them they will not acknowledge that they screwed up hundreds of children by ritual beatings, like every Saturday, you know, and the way they did it was inhumane. They just want us to get over it and move on. But no, the reason I can't move on is because I don't know what they're doing to break the spirits of the children who are in their care now. Mm. And so, no, I'm not going to carry on. And all these millions that they squander on a known criminal, that the, the loan that they were supposedly um, duped into making, I mean, who actually hands over 140 million rand in cash to some dodgy dude? I, I mean, the, the story is just so implausible, you know. Um, but anyway, be that as it may, hopefully the Hawks at some point will tell us what happened there. So basically, they, they refuse to acknowledge responsibility. And that shows me that they don't repent. They don't have remorse and they haven't repented. And so, you know, what's stopping them from beating a child behind closed doors? What? Nothing. Mm -hmm. They're above the law. They, they are not accountable to any, any panel or group or they are their own law. And the law has pretty much left them alone all these years. And I'm saying that has to change. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they talk about the things, and I, I do mention this in part five to a degree, but they mentioned like, yeah, but the stories only came out now and um, uh -huh. everything's only happened since 2020. But if you go into the KSB Alert website, I mean, there was a guy that was worried about Ulo way back in the 60s when he had taken over the mission from um, Anton Engelbrecht. And 
there have been people coming out in bits and pieces. And then, I mean, you've been fighting this fight since your Femina article, which was yeah, way back in 2000. So it's been, yeah. well, it's like been almost 22 years that you've been speaking up. So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's, it makes me sad that like things like this get swept under the rug and then people are surprised when something big happens again and I'm like well people have been fighting the good fight for years yeah yeah and I don't know what it is about South Africa whether it is that we're just so reluctant to take on a religious institution even though there is very clearly something very wrong or I mean what is it? it is it just easier to just go oh my that's terrible okay but what it tastes good um so who cares yeah i think there's two things to this so the first one is the bill of rights obviously protects religious freedom and and for a good reason i mean hmm. if i want to become a pagan fairy unicorn believer tomorrow then i have every right to do that yes. um then you have the crl commission which been set up to monitor but they can't really do anything about it so they can set the report up they can make their recommendations and then it's kind of up to you to fix it the only place where people have recourse is basically in the laws and the biggest law that kind of protects people is the domestic violence act for adults where there is um, financial abuse, spiritual abuse, all of those kind of things fall under the Domestic Violence Act. And then for children, which is a bit hard to prove with the Domino Soviete school as it stands, but for children, there is the Child Protection Act. So making sure they get educated properly, making sure that they're in healthy working conditions. So the Child Protection Act is quite vast and quite big and that's how um like for seven angel ministries which was in the eastern cape that's how they kind of got the kids out was under the child protection act but they didn't have a school they just had wow. the kids singing and dancing in in the yard so the government had more of a leg to stand on where um yeah where your guys recourse I think would fall more under the, the domestic violence acts for spiritual abuse, financial abuse, um, even psychological abuse, like all of those yeah. kind of abuses you can take on from that aspect. So it's, it's very hard for, the, for them to be litigious about it because mm -hmm. there's no, we don't have a coercive control law where they have yeah. that in the UK and yes. in some states in America, they have mm. this law now where yeah. you can prove, if you can prove coercive control, you can send this person to jail. We don't have those kind of laws here in any way, shape or form. And the coercive control laws are quite a, a recent thing, like only in the last five or six years in the UK and, in, and then in the US even later than that. So, yeah, we don't have much that they can actually do unless you go to the cops and say i've been abused yes yes and it normally takes you so long to come to terms with your abuse to 
first understand that you've been abused and mm. then to come to terms with it where you are able to actually talk about it and but by that time so much time has gone by you know it's it's very yeah it's it's a tricky thing but just because it's tricky doesn't mean that we just accept the status quo yeah you know so yeah I mean if there's any of your listeners who have some ideas they you know they're free to 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 reach out and 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 give some if there's maybe some legal advice or an, an avenue that you that they think you might go but I mean we are in the background this informal group of ex-members um it's not like we're sitting twiddling our thumbs you know so yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. suppose I can just say watch this space um yes. No, yeah. I mean, if it's ongoing stuff, then don't elaborate yeah. until we can, like, shout it from Absolutely. the rooftops. Yeah. Because, because, I mean, Kwasi Zamantu monitors my Twitter feed. Can you imagine what they must be listening to this? Um, Hello, Kwasi Zamantu. <laughs> How much do you love me? <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> so you can be sure they're listening to this and, like, probably transcribing it and, like, trying to find whether there's anything that they can, I don't know, hang me on. Uh, because they they love to make me out to be a liar you know and they say if, well if we can catch her in one lie then we can throw out her whole testimony but they haven't yet caught me in a lie you know so yeah, yeah up to them yeah well I'm, I'm going to refer back to your book like I did in the previous yes. episode last week uh, again guys mission of malice my exodus from Kwati Sabantu it is really really an amazing book um, it's available in all of the bookstores. You can also buy it on Take a Lot. I don't know, um, Erica, is it available on like Amazon for overseas people yet, or is it? Yes, absolutely, okay. as an ebook. And um, we've just recorded the audiobook. Well, my publishers have just recorded the audiobook, and I believe that's going live on the, or it has just gone live on the first of December. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So, guys. Yeah. Will that be available on, on platforms like Audible and, and yes. Apple Books and those kind of things? They've, okay. Yeah, they've so, assured me it will be available everywhere. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So please, for our local listeners, grab the book. For our overseas listeners, Kindle it, Audible it. Um, yes. I'll probably get it on Audible anyway so that I can listen to it again because besides reading mm -hmm. books, I also like listening to books. I'm overshooting now, sorry. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so sorry, there was a point to this conversation. I'm so sorry. My listeners are going to think I'm a complete dumbass, but it's just think, so much I fun talking to you. I think your listeners adore you. Oh, I hope so. I, I feel like I sound a lot more professional when I'm recording, but then I can edit a lot. Um, yes. But in your book, you're kind of unapologetically you in the, in the way that, I mean, you struggled, struggled is a terrible way to phrase it. You, you were navigating your way through this outside world that we basically take for granted. And there were times where you, you did things that like oh, might've made your mother's blush until the ears were red, but you, you just, yeah. you, you tell it, you, you tell yeah. your stories, you, you unapologetically just go, look, my journey wasn't great. I'm not perfect. 
this is mm. this is all of me i like by reading your book i kind of feel like i know you so well but um <laughs> yeah so trying to catch you in a lie in that sense i mean you you you're you're an open book <laughs> I'm very much an open book and I knew when I was writing it that I, I I couldn't make myself out to be this hero you know this virtuous hero because I'm anything but I drink I swear I shag you know like I I live life as we do and yeah and I've sometimes drunk too much and um sworn too much and shagged too much you know and 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 like yeah and but they instilled so much shame in me about me being me. And I turned 50 this year. And the, for the first time, I actually like who I am. And I actually, I can look at myself in the mirror and I can go, yes, you're awesome, Erica, you know. And I, I like who I am. And that is, it, it's a momentous thing, you know. And that has given me, you, you asked me in the previous episode, like what gets me through the really dark days and I said kind of like it's I'm doing it for other people but you know what the darker the darkest days are not as dark anymore now that I like myself because yeah I feel like whatever comes my way I can handle now because you know I like myself it it I'm, I, I might sound a bit repetitive but it's a new thing for me to like myself it's very new that's great. People that have been on the outside world their whole lives don't like themselves. You're no. you're winning at yeah. life. I'm winning at life. And it's a lot of therapy that have gotten me there. <laughs> and a lot of bottles of wine. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I, therapy, bottles of wine, you're speaking my language. <laughs> that's that's the other thing that gets me through the very dark days. <laughs> Yep. Oh, mother dear. Yes. No, I'm not an alcoholic. Don't worry. <laughs> I just think it's so funny that they hang on to every word I write and, and say. But anyway, I suppose if I were them and I would never be them because I like to do good things, um, I probably would too. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose when you're like, I kind of feel like because you got in a little bit later so you weren't like born born into the cult you you got in at eight got out mm. for a little bit although your parents were still part of the congregation mission whatever you guys moved away you had some semblance of a a, a secular life here up in mm. Joburg moved back to KSB then you got to go overseas I like I don't want to give too much of the book away but so then you got to go overseas so although you were still kind of within ksb circles you did get some out so yes. that you could see that you could be a religious i'm specifically talking now about the the, the guys overseas you could yes. be part of ksb and still be a good caring human yeah. being and then mm. end up going back there and back into the 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 cycle of of mental and emotional abuse let's let's just and, call it what it and is sexual, and sexual abuse in yes my case. Yeah. yes yeah. yeah so i think you at least you had that so that you could realize that there's more to life mm. and you'd always had that questioning thing in the back of your head that's how it gets portrayed to me so you always had that your critical thought was never completely dampened and I no, think, never 
completely, yes. They yes. never managed to break my spirit completely. Yes. But I also think it's because my dad was such a wonderful human being and he loved me so much. And I never doubted his love. Um, and I really started floundering at age 15 when he died. Mm. Um, like he, I don't think he knew of the extreme physical abuse that they were inflicting on the children because I never told him. And I asked my brother and my brother says he also never told him. We were trying to protect my parents from their bad decisions. You know, like children take everything on themselves, you know. Mm. Um, so, so yes, they never extinguished, managed to completely extinguish my spirit, mm. but, um, but you know, if I had, if one of the hot guys had asked me to marry him instead of three dweebs, you know, oh no, I mustn't say three dweebs because like. Three men you didn't one, find as attractive as the others. Yeah, yeah no, the, the, the first guy was definitely a dweeb. The, the second guy was a really nice guy. <laughs> And the third guy has an awful brother and I would never marry into that family, even if I had a gun to my head. Um, so like, but it, let's say it had been one of the hot guys who had asked to marry me at age 18. I was 18 years old. I had, it was two days after my final matric examination. The first time Ayla called me in and said, mm. this football wants to, thinks it's God's will to marry you. He mm. obviously didn't use the word football, but anyway. Uh, this football is still there. <laughs> it's still part of the mission, married with children. So God obviously found him another wife. But, you know, if it had been one of the hot guys who'd asked me, um, I probably would have said yes. And I probably, by the age of 21, which is when I ran away, I probably had already had three children or two at least. Um, and my life would have been very, very different, you know. Yeah. So thank God it was a dweeb that requested my hand in marriage. And that somewhere I found the courage to say no. So, yeah. Sorry, sorry I'm just, you know, I go on these, these mind tangents. So it's just, there's two things I want to ask you. The first one is, so, you know, I've been speaking to a gentleman who I'm, I'm calling Mark, um, who was part of an overseas branch. And he was also kind of telling me about the, how young, the girl, okay, I mean, 18, you're, you're technically adulty, but how young, at, at that age overseas, you also kind of married off. Do you mm. think that's also a way to make young people stay? Because I, I know that the, the practices say that the man gets the revelation and then he goes to Uncle Erlo or... Um, used to go to Uncle Friedel. I don't know who they go to now. But um, they get the revelation. They go, they pray, they go tell the girl, everything's a big secret, you know. But do you think that in a way they kind of led to, like in a confession, they'd be like, so Erica, look, what do you think about Erica? Like she's, she's genuinely a pious woman, you know? What, what are your thoughts yeah. about Erica? Like planting seeds in guys so they pick these girls young so that they can keep them in the mission but this is just me yeah, speculating and, and it's also very often the the girls who are actually attractive and outgoing who get who, who god has his eye on you know um so i don't i don't actually think that god has anything to do with it um also do you know pauline in like five decades god hasn't wanted one interracial marriage 
the races live among one another. They mingle. But they, God has not ordained one single interracial marriage in five decades among thousands of people. Like, really, God? Seriously, dude? Are you a racist? Are you a little bit racist? God, of course, is a man, too. <laughs> I want to have a chat with you, God, of course, he's a man, too. I have a number of things I want to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something. So, and I'm backtracking a bit, and I know that, I mean, I know that your your dad, he was your whole world, and I know that. Um, and in your book, you kind of describe how he was going to be the principal, but then he was kind of told, no, 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 no. you're just going to be a teacher. So I know that you were very young and you don't exactly know what's going on there or what happened there. Um, but like what I read between the lines is your your dad was kind of not happy with something that he heard or, or had seen. So yes. So do, what do you think that it were, it had to do with maybe the the beatings and the the segregation within the school at that point as well? Because I mean, it just look. I think my dad was probably okay with with. Oh, you mean segregation of the races? Or of yes, the yes, yes. No, no. Well, the the races. The not the, the races. Yeah. yeah. So. So this was 1987, January 1987. So we're mm-hmm. still in the years. And I think my dad was very excited to be part of a pioneer school that was going to be multiracial in South Africa. My aunt told me that he called her the night before he died. And he, or the, 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 the day before he died, the afternoon. And he's, he told her that there had been a school meeting of the teachers and the board and that they had demoted him from being principal to just being a teacher because he wouldn't go. He didn't agree with some of their policies. Mm. Um, he didn't tell her what those policies were. Um, look, m- my dad gave us hidings, you know, um, but like I say, I, I never told him the extent of the beatings that mm. was a bunch dishes out so whether it was that or or what it was I don't know but I do know that the day before he died of a heart attack they broke his heart so yeah I'm so sorry yeah he was 43 you know very young I'm gonna be 43 next year yeah that's crazy my brother brother is uh two years older than me and he warned me before I turned 43, he said, Erica, it's going to be a bit of a mind fuck um, because you're going to, the whole year that you're 43 is going to be like weird. And it was, you know, mm. I was so relieved. I was so relieved to turn 44. And now um, I've just turned 50. So I've already lived seven years longer than my dad ever lived. It's so, yeah. it's so weird to think of him like that because he'd be turning 80 next year. If wow. he was alive, wow. um, no, in 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 two years he'd be turning eighty, so he'd be seventy eight. Um, but for me, he's always forty three. Yeah, he's just young. Well, I thought he was old then, but very young actually. <laughs> well, look, when when I was young, people in their forties and fifties were like grannies. Mm. So mm. I mean, it changes as you get older. Forty doesn't seem mm. so old anymore, and <laughs> neither does fifty and even sixty. 
120 years old now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is the age my mom's aiming for, so. Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so, Sherbet, I've completely lost my train of thought of what else I wanted to ask you. I'm so sorry. Um, no, one thing that one reviewer, actually more than one reviewer has picked up is mm. that I, I write quite a bit about what it's like to try and integrate into the world Hmm. and um I think in I think many people think that leaving a cult is the hardest thing but it isn't necessarily it's it's actually that adapting and unlearning and relearning and throwing the baby out with the bathwater and then realizing oh shit the baby the baby's outside on the lawn uh, and going to fetch the baby and um, then throwing the baby out with the bathwater again and then running to save the baby. It's it's a long process like that. And and so I write quite a lot about that in my book. Mm. Um, and I'm quite frank about it, you know, um, about the silly things that happen, but also the the like harder things. And yeah, and then what led me to, to this crusade that I'm on, um, greatly helped by, of course, News 24. I mean, I don't think we'd be speaking to each other if it weren't for News 24 and the work they did mm. um, and just highlighting the the terrible things that these people have done, you know. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Pauline. I don't know how one goes about dis- dismantling a cult that is this powerful and this rich. Um, yeah. Look, I I, I I know that this is probably a way out there comparison, um, but if you if you take something like I'm go- I'm gonna say it the Scientology, mm-hmm. which is also it's it's got very um, look beliefs are beliefs you do you 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 need to believe that that tree is your master you do you but don't hurt someone in the process and, and don't take away their free will and don't take away their, their identity. So um, believe what you want. So if they want to believe in, in Zenu, the, the volcano alien god, good for you. But their, their practices and, and their rules and all of those things are very bad. But they are a multi-billion dollar industry. and. I don't think that they'll ever change their beliefs per se, but I think what you could do is change the the abusive behavior. If you if you can just do that, then they must they can believe what they want and they can wear their long skirts and their no makeup. I mean, no makeup for me, great because I missed that class in in makeup school, but um, just. Don't hurt and abuse people. I think if you can just maybe keep crusading to stop that, then you won't have to unmantle the whole thing or dismantle. Sorry, my English. You don't have to dismantle the whole thing. You just need to maybe stop the bad practices because then they can do their their beautiful aquile water and they can do their wonderful Emsini farm but pay the, the people fair wages, make sure that they have pensions or provident funds, make sure that they have medical aid, 
make sure that the kids aren't beaten in school or at home or whatever the case may be. If someone comes to you and says, I have been sexually abused, take it to the authority straight away. Don't let the guy cry and God's forgiving you. Yay, you're okay. Go ahead and do it again. So I think yeah, dismantling the beast might not be easy, but maybe stopping the abuses would be the, the key, I guess. But that's just my opinion. I mean, up to you. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, totally. I, I hear you. But I mean, they don't acknowledge that they've done anything wrong. So mm. how, how would you stop anything when they're not prepared to acknowledge that breaking a child's spirit is wrong? Mm. They believe that they're right. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Al Capone was sent to jail for tax fraud. Um, for a start, their tax-exempt status should be taken away. Um and they should pay taxes like everybody else. You know, that goes for Scientology too. I think mm. I think it's completely wrong that 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 churches that you just have to proclaim yourself as a religion and then you don't pay tax. I mean, or how ridiculous is that? So we're starting our own cult next week. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. No, but is, is that what the day? Who did that? One of the one of the talk show hosts, late night talk show hosts, did exactly that and started his own religion to prove how easy it was to do it. I can't remember who it was. Oh, oh man, no idea. Go find that. But anyway, yeah, oh. just prove how how easy it is in in the states to get tax exempt status as a religion. When no, you just have to fill in a questionnaire and prove a couple of things like you you only have um every people in your religion only believe in your religion and like there's these very random things that are like well i can just tick yes 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 and bob's my god yeah exactly and if that isn't a good reason to start a cult then i don't know yeah. yeah, we are not going to start a cult. We no, are, no, no, we no, 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 no. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I the whole you. purpose of this is just to to get people talking about it in any which way, and and get people more aware of these kind of behaviors, just so that if you see someone maybe going down a path that looks a little bit destructive to themselves, that maybe you can you know, go, well, that sounds a little bit culty. Maybe we should just look at it a bit further before we get sucked into yeah. that. Yes. And, you know, that's actually something that I thought of the other day is I wonder how many prospective members have not joined Kwasi Sabantu because people have spoken about their experiences. And that's not something that we'll ever be able to quantify. Mm. But but that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who may maybe might have been swayed um, and now won't be because we have raised our voices and said what happened to us. So just that is already an accomplishment, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That's 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 the good work that you do, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. And you by helping uh. us get the word out there too (laughs) 
Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that can be our cult. It can be a mutual admiration cult. Yeah, where you just build people up all day and everyone works yes. with helping everyone and everyone gets to keep their own money and their own minds. Yes, yes. That could be our cult. Yes. It's like how the world should be. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, do you ever just sit back and go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm this this was the worst and best bit of my life, but I'm I'm here and and look what I've achieved. Only recently um have I been able to do that. Um one of the things they they drilled into me is that I'm bad and I'm evil and um you know you can't be proud of yourself while you also actually believe that you're bad and now that I don't think I'm bad anymore I can actually step back and go wow you know look how far I've come you know and same for so many of us and I'm, I'm just in absolute admiration of people who are excelling in their chosen fields, in their career, in their family life, um, mm. breaking the cycle of abuse with their own children. Um, I have huge admiration for all of us. And there are still many who are really struggling, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I just don't want another 20 years to go by and another Erica to have to write another book for South Africa to go, oh, my word, that's so terrible, you know. And then... Mm. And then another 20 years go by and then there's another Erica who writes another book, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of my quest is to save all the Erica's mm. and the boys and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my quest. It's a beautiful mission to have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on yeah. a mission. Mission. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh, that was such a up my alley joke my cousin calls me the queen of corn because I make <laughs> so much better than being the queen of corn <laughs> <laughs> that one was for you Cammy. <laughs> oh dear so is there anything any other parting words, any other parting thoughts that you want to share with the readers slash listeners? <laughs> well, I'm hoping many of these listeners are going to become readers. <laughs> but 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 I, I let me let me just read um one paragraph from chapter 78. Here is my solemn vow. I will continue to be a voice for those who have been silenced by Kwasi Savantu. I will be a thorn in their side until they stop breaking the spirits of the children in their care. My voice may not be loud, but together with the voices of countless other survivors, I hope it becomes a rousing call. Together we form our own choir number one, a choir for change. I really hope the world will listen to us and help us save the children of Kwasi Savanti. There it is in a nutshell. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> Are you wiping a tear? A little. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I just, oh, like I said, like reading your book had me between 
between tears and, and laughter and anger a, a lot. Yes. So yes. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you did I'm glad you did laugh because I didn't want it to be like this woe is me tale, you know, that yeah. drags you down. I mean, yeah. of course some of the things I write about are horrific, but that's because they happened. Yes. You know? yes. But I didn't yes. want it to be I also wanted it to be a, a good just a good read, you know. Yeah. yeah. From what I've now gotten to know about you, th this book is basically you. Like, it's just, it's like if you read the book, you, you, you've read Erica. <laughs> it's just, it's beautiful and, and heart wrenching and, and hope, hopeful. It, yeah, it, it, at the end, it kind of gives you hope. And I, I think the other thing that'll happen is it'll resonate across people going through different things from so like maybe I'm depressed or I'm in an, abu an abusive relationship with a partner so it'll, it'll resonate across genres oh I'm sorry listeners my English is terrible today but yeah across genre like across like things happening in life absolutely because yeah. our experiences might be different but the feelings they evoke um, are pretty universal yeah a hundred percent yeah okay well I really hope that we can maybe in the future do another catch-up chat maybe another podcast catch-up yes. chat hopefully be then wonderful. we'll have a CRL report or a Hawks yes. investigation I know that yeah, um, nice. <laughs> yeah I reached out to a couple of my friends um and basically the Hawks will announce an investigation, but you kind of won't know what happens no. until it happens kind of yeah. thing. And that, and that could take a couple of years. So. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Depends on how, how quickly they need to go through or how much information they need to go through. But yes. it's, uh, it's been amazing talking to you for the last two weeks. I'm it's so lovely chatting to you as well like yeah, really <laughs> I know. I'm definitely very very much yeah I'll definitely definitely have you back on you're just yeah is it crappy for me to say how proud I am of you no it's, it's just lovely. thank you you you've just you've overcome so much and you're just beautiful and you are definitely your karakropi so oh, thank you Pauline yeah just <laughs> and thank you thank you for doing this thank you for fighting thank you for being kind and also a thorn in their side at the same time yes. yeah yes yes okay. thank you thank you for that I've loved chatting to you and I'm so looking forward to to listening to the your next episode as well <laughs> yeah thank you Okay, so okay. we'll chat soon. I just again thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy and in demand young lady, so thank you for that as well. <laughs> I guess if you look at me from the age of 120, I am a young lady. <laughs> like you're like not even halfway through your life yet. Exactly. <laughs> Bye, Pauline. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Once again. I would just like to thank Erica for her time and all that she does. It was such an honor to speak to her. 
You can also follow on Twitter at capital E, capital B, small e, small e, four zero. I will add her Twitter handle in the show notes. Next week, we will have a brand new guest on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and rate and review us. It will go a long way into improving the podcast and helping others find it. Please also share it with your friends and family. You can find us on Facebook and you can email us at decodingcults at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If there are any topics around the workings of cults which you would like further explanation on, or if there is a cult that you would like to hear about, email me or post it in the Facebook group. Remember to go and check out By Design Crafts SA and Endeavor AV and tell them that we sent you. This week, I want to say gracias to my listeners in Argentina. The amazing logo art was created by the tattoo artist Jock Jacobs. Thank you so much for listening.